0: Live from Alachua, Florida.
1: I'm Amrita Keeley.
0: And I'm Namamrita. Welcome to Nectar Talks from the heart of New Raman Reti, the largest Hare Krishna community in North America and the home of thousands of bhakti yoga practitioners.
1: In our ongoing interviews, we dig deep into our search for loving connections with Krishna and each other.
0: With you, We hope to uncover the real life stories and inner journeys of our vibrant community of friends and special guests.
1: Like bees searching for nectar, we seek to extract pearls of wisdom from how they live their lives and the lessons they can impart to us and our listeners.
0: If you're seeking nectar, look no further.
1: All right, let's get started.
0: Hello, everyone. Hare Krishna, and welcome to Nectar Talks. Today is our first live show. Hare Krishna! Hare ball! Woohoo! We're, uh... <laughs> Today we're going to introduce you to one of New Raman most beloved couples. And in this interview, we hope to get to know them on a more personal level, learn from them, and get inspiration and insight from them on the path of devotion or bhakti yoga. I see some friends have joined us live this evening, and um, I encourage all of you to type in your questions at any time, um, be it on Facebook, YouTube, or right here on Zoom, and we will have a QA and a at the end of the interview as well. And before I introduce our special guest, I wanna say hi to my partner in crime, Amrita Cayley. And uh, thank you, thank you so much for relieving me f- <laughs> from, from at least 50% of the pressure of what we're doing today. <laughs> and Ditto. now, you- yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, dear friends, let me introduce you to two very special people who are like spiritual parents to me Shesha Prabhu and Mother Madhumati. Welcome to the show, and thank you for giving us the honor. You're like good luck charms for us in launching Nectar Talks, and it's such a pleasure to start off by interviewing such delightful people as yourselves. How are you both doing this evening?
2: Everything's going great. Thanks for having us, uh, and for the honor of being the first guests, or guinea pigs, matter which way you look at it.
0: (laughs) No problem, you got it, anytime. (laughs) So, I don't have a bio for you, and that's intentional because we are going to write your bio together over the next hour or so, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So folks, fasten your seatbelt because I'm about to hand this off to the legendary and unpredictable Amrita Cayley to get us started. Amrita, (laughs) let's go.
1: (laughs) Okay, are you ready? I am ready. Uh, I'm asking Shesha Prabhu and Mother Manumati if they're
2: ready. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been waiting for five weeks for this.
1: <laughs> we have We've to. called them enough. And our first
2: question for you, t-
1: <laughs> our first question for you tonight is truth or dare? <laughs> and this is as a team, so you have to decide as a team.
2: <laughs> Truth or Dare? Yeah. A, yeah. Oh, you. Oh, we have to choose whether we want Truth or Dare. Yeah,
3: that's right.
1: Dare. Dare.
4: Yeah. Why not?
3: Dare. Go for it. Okay.
1: Are you Are you in a position to move your computer? Yes. Okay. So our team has <laughs> come up together with the question with the Dare. Show us your. Junk drawer. Oh,
2: junk drawer.
4: Okay. Which one is our junk drawer? Do you have a junk
1: drawer? <laughs> yeah, yes. we do.
4: Yes. They don't have okay. a junk drawer. No, 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 we do. We have- <laughs> We're curious if you if you do or not. OK, no, we do. We have, like a junk drawer, which has um, I mean, everything is a junk drawer here, but uh, a junk <laughs> drawer which has like tools and stuff like that junk or or, or, like, eatables basically. Design. We
0: want to see the mess, we want to see the messiest part of your house.
4: <laughs> okay, the gar- the- okay, well, why not that show us all the house, the whole house? <laughs> That's
3: the messiest part, sounds That's
0: cool. good.
4: The messiest part, okay, can I, why don't you take it?
3: Um,
4: messiest part, uh, the garage, the garage, I guess. Can you see it this all? This is
0: how we get down and dirty and personal in Alachua. Um, <laughs> okay, through the laundry room.
4: Through the laundry room. I would say
2: the I garage is. I love it. Is- and onto the garage. Show the shelf over here.
0: Show the shelf over <laughs> Nice.
2: <laughs> we just moved to the two days ago to the whole oh, So there, this Kelsey. is actually
0: this is actually a temple room.
2: Temple rooms are different. Your place.
1: junkiest room is beautiful. <laughs> no, uh, this is be junky. This portion is the junkiest. Got some
2: old tennis balls here.
4: No, this is the junkiest. <laughs> I, I love
0: how, how you have your personal cameraman. I need one of those.
2: Well, that's what a daughter is for, to assist the parents. And so she does an excellent job. <laughs>
0: oh, it's a camera lady. Hey, Shama darshani How are you doing?
1: This one here. Shama Darshani, can you attest that this is, in fact, the junkiest area of the home? Yeah, and you know why?
4: Because it's my area. Back from when I was a kid, with all our arts and crafts and uh, games, still here, decades later. Yeah, this is like Awesome. Over here. That's a junkiest place. That's why we cover it. You see, we keep cover it like this, because so nobody can see the junk here.
1: We're fully satisfied. Is everyone satisfied?
0: Yes. Thank you so much for playing along. Oh
4: yes, yes. You want to look at our refrigerator?
0: (laughs) No, no. It's good. (laughs) We need to move on. Okay. okay. Thank you for that.
1: You don't know, have to say, Mother Madamati. I thought you were going to double dog us to share our junkiest area of the oh. house, but <laughs> since you didn't, we're moving. We're moving on.
2: Uh, okay. We're taking notes for the next couple. So, of, we'll tell them everything that happens. Here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being such good sports. So our first real question is, you know, we're very curious what life was like for each of you before Krishna. And we're wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your history leading up to coming into Krishna consciousness and what eventually brought you to, to Krishna.
2: I'm gonna go first.
4: Okay, well, I come from a family where my father um, diplomat in the Indian embassy. And so uh, that meant that we lived in one country for a few years and traveled. So when my father was born, uh, when my father was here in America, that's when I was born here in Washington, DC. And then every, you know, then I went, lived in Zambia for a few years and in Italy and in, for a few years and in Libya and in India, I stayed in a boarding school there for four years and then, uh, to Ireland for five years. Um, so that was basically my life. Um, and then in Ireland, I, um, I, uh, that's where my, uh, devotional life started.
1: How uh, old were you in Ireland?
4: Well, when I moved there in, um, uh, 1977. So I was um, 16 years old when I moved to Ireland and then I, you know, we, as Indians, we went to the temple there in Ireland, in Dublin. Um, But my Krishna consciousness started in when I was 19. And um, there's a whole story how it happened and everything. Um, maybe you can tell something about your thing and then I can go back to mine. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember, there was a movie in the 50s called Rebel Without a Cause. You know that one? Vigabati mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> knows that one. I'd <laughs> yeah. be a little older, I think, to know that one. But anyway, it was a story about a young teenage guy that was looking for some meaning in life. And so that's what I was like before joining Christian Consciousness a rebel without a cause except I was trying to conform whereas in the movie the the hero was trying to break out of conformity. I was really into duty. And maybe it's because my father was a career military officer um, or maybe it had to do with previous lives. But uh, duty is what motivated me. And um, I came to a point in my life uh, when I was going to a military school. I went to the United States Military Academy at West Point. And when I was there, um, which is the epitome of conforming, you had to conform there in that place. I wanted to break out of that place. Uh, And so I did. I left uh, and was searching around for some kind of meaning and couldn't find it until I found the conformity of being a brahmachari in the Hare Krishna movement. And so that's what I was doing before uh, joining up, as you say. I thought you were wanted to tell about your family or anything like that. Or... My family, well, as I said already, I my father was a military officer, and he and my mother were both social workers. Actually, um, my mother was the first Black woman hired to be a social worker in Newcastle County, Delaware. And so uh, hmm. service to others through social work, uh, service to the country by being in the military, that was the atmosphere I grew up in. And so I sort of carry that, that, that mantle of um, duty, duty principle. It's actually the only thing that keeps me around in Krishna consciousness. duty. I have no taste otherwise. <laughs>
1: Would you like to tell us something about your first introduction to Srila Prabhupada? I know individually it's very different, whether it was from the devotees or a book or meeting Srila Prabhupada himself. What was that like?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: For me, um, I met Srila Prabhupada actually um, not in person, but the first time when I went to the temple as a, uh, not as a uh, Hindu person, but as um, looking for the meaning of life. And so, with that, when I went with that consciousness and I had gone to the temple the very first time, I saw a picture of Prabhupada on the wall. And I asked them, Who, who is this person? And they told them, they told um, this devotee, Mandli Padra, he told me, uh, This is uh, our guru, Chila Prabhupada. I said, oh, I would like to meet him. And he said, no, he, he's, he's gone. And I said, he's gone? And he said, yeah, he's, he's, he's gone. And, and so then he expressed some um, lamentation about that he was gone. And then I remember inquiring about, because I was such a new person and like trying to understand everything about Krishna consciousness, then I said, oh, Uh, why are you lamenting or something I don't know exactly not those words but then he's in other words you know one who is a um, uh, god conscious person or you know they shouldn't they shouldn't feel happiness or distress or something like that in my Mm -hmm. mind I had my own conception about things and then he explained to me that no that when the guru leaves then it is something to you know you're allowed to do so you should do that or like that you know so that was my first encounter uh, of uh, Prabhupada, but then the real encounter was reading Srila Prabhupada's Lilamita. That really mm. uh, was really attracted me to uh, to Krishna consciousness, like wanting to give my life to the movement. And so that was, um, yeah, I was still not hadn't joined in. Uh, I, I didn't join in Ireland. I I was introduced to Krishna consciousness in Ireland, but that's the time when I read Prabhupada's Lila and was really attracted to that. Mm. And um,
2: yeah,
0: so. uh, And Sheshar Prabhu, where where did you first meet the devotees?
2: I first met the devotees uh, in Albany, New York. Um, I was working there um, while I was in my period of searching for conformity I was working as a preschool teacher in Albany, New York Mm -hmm. and the devotees came from Buffalo and they were chanting in the park on one Sunday afternoon. I hadn't planned to go to the park because when I was washing the dishes in my apartment I cut my finger very badly and had it all bandaged up, but my friend said, come on, let's go. And I'm Uh glad he encouraged me because once I met the devotees, that was it, I was with them practically day and night um, until I moved into the temple myself. So in Albany, New York, it's for first time. Wow. The uh-huh. nice. And how long between so when you met them? I'm going to jump forward a little
0: bit and I, I want to...
2: You got two questions going at once. We, <laughs> have two of us. we can handle it. <laughs>
1: now, Marita, can you hear me? I just want to ask if I can squeeze it in real quick. Um, How long was it between when you met the devotees and when you moved in to the temple?
4: Well, for me, it was, I don't know if you were asking me, him or me, but for me, it was um, a year. I started going to the temple in April of 81, and it took a year, whole year, not because the day I went to the temple, I was ready to join. I wanted to move in. And actually I, I, I went to the temple because prior to going to the temple, I was uh, um, communicating over the phone and asking all my questions that I had. And then finally, when I was totally satisfied with all the answers to, uh, to my questions, I went to the temple on my own And I was ready to move in and but then uh, family members didn't allow me to do so I came back home and I got locked in the house and I was not allowed to go out of the house and Mm. eventually slowly the doors opened and everything Mm. and and then then when I wanted to move in then my mother told me no I can't so then eventually it took me a year before I ran away from home. So I actually, because I was used to living from one country to another, so I actually ran away from one country to another country. So that's what I did. I, am I middle of the night, basically, I ran away from Ireland to America and I didn't tell my parents that I was going. So, um, <laughs> so it took me a year to do so,
2: but um, yeah. Well, let me appreciate my wife a bit for doing That's that. That's amazing. Can, can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine, you know, running away from home, uh, given her parents' um, respectable position? Her father was in the Indian embassy, a respectable person, come from a good background in India. <clears throat> yet she decided to throw all that to the wind. I mean, when you, just like when um, Ram banished Sita, because Someone just had the thought that Sita spent some time in another man's house. She, he just he her, put her away. What to speak of a young girl leaving home, going across the world and going to join a, a ashram. Um, she, she really showed her devotion at that point. I, I, I appreciate that so much about her Thank and her you. Krishna consciousness.
4: Well, you know what? It's it's well, it's not my fault that I ran away because when <laughs> Krishna plays his flute, I mean, what do you do? I mean, what do you do? I mean, that it, whole one year was just like all I could think about. Just really, all I could think for that whole year was that oh, I just I just want to join. I just want to be with devotees. I just want to with, be with these people. I just want to give my life to. You know, as I said, I read Sri Prabhupada's, biography and i just like just wanted to be with the devotees mm. so i just prayed every day i would pray you know let my brother be a devotee let him become a devotee maybe he'll help me to run away maybe he'll help me to join it krishna listens to all our desires you know so i he really, did he did didn't he <laughs> yeah and it was only because of runa finally who mm. is the one who slapped me on my face that I wanted to join, and he—he's the one who locked me in the house. But he's the one who eventually, actually, you know, helped me to run away um, from home. But it took a whole year, but but it was worth it. It's worth it all. <laughs> anyway, Hari Krishna.
1: It's an incredible story, and it takes a special person to answer Krishna's flute call. Not many people <laughs> do that. <laughs> So you said, what can you do if Krishna plays this flute? But most of us wouldn't do that. It's incredible. Anyway, Isha Prabhu, would you, would you like to say, say something about that for yourself before we move on?
2: Well, basically, when I met the devotees in that park on Sunday, one Sunday afternoon, in one sense, I joined up right then and there because um, I was a ripe fruit. They picked me. And then I just started hanging out with them day and night. I would sleep in my apartment, but even at my job, I would go to drive to my work. On my way to work, I'd drive by the temple, pick up the devotees. They would drop me off at my work. And then they would come and pick me up uh, after work was over. I'd go back home, take a shower, and go back to the temple for evening association with them. So I was just basically living in the temple. I don't know what they were doing with my car out there all day. <laughs> it could have been Robin banks or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I, I gave them my car and uh, just stayed with them. They eventually had to leave Albany because the center wasn't going so well. And they went to Washington, D.C. And so a couple of weeks after they left, I also packed my bags and... Uh, and went to, to Washington so I could be with the devotees. Mm.
1: Speaking of your, uh, oh, do we have Nama Marita back?
0: Yes, I'm back. Can you hear me?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay, sorry, I've, I've had a pretty bad connection there. So I'm, I'm hoping it's not going to be too difficult. But if you hear me, I'm ready to do my part whenever it's time.
1: I just want to ask really quick, my husband, Leela Kishore, mentioned that he had heard a little a little bird that um, Shesha Prabhu, your father, had said, well, if you're going to become a Hare Krishna, become the best Hare Krishna. Is that true?
2: Actually, I had an interesting exchange with my father. Naturally, my parents were a little reluctant for me to be involved in the Hare Krishna movement. They thought it was just some fad that I was going through because I was, was in a down period or whatever. Mm. But uh, I told them that I wanted to, to go and with the devotees in Washington, D.C. after they left Albany. And uh, my mother, along with the two of her sisters came to visit me and they, they were pleading with me, don't go, don't go. And so I told them, okay, I won't go. So I didn't for another three weeks or so. But this time I had a different strategy. And that was to talk to my father and tell him that, look, in a man-to-man way, just tell him, this is something that I have to do in my life. It's it's a calling of some kind or something, I don't know exactly, but I have to go down this avenue and, and see where it leads me in life. And he could actually appreciate that as a, um, as Amanda's son, man-to-man man talk. And uh, he drove hmm. me to the airport the next day. And uh, actually wow. on the flight, on the flight I know that uh, the relationship had ended a new phase, As some tears rolled down my cheeks as we were flying away. Um, I think probably for him too, because um, I was his first son. Um, I, I bear his name, we have the same name, except he's junior and I'm the third. Hmm. Uh, but here I was going to do something different and uh, yeah he encouraged me like that to, to be the best Hare krishna uh-huh. <laughs> wonderful
0: yeah that's that's really such a sweet story about your relationship with your with your father thank you for sharing that totally so different. Than that. I, I i'm to run going away. to <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> nobody was there
4: to take me to the airport
0: so
2: <laughs> but I was waiting for you Aww.
0: speaking of which I want to get to the juicy part here tell us about how you both met
2: okay it's, it's a pretty simple story <laughs> <A> historical, <laughs> historical power move by the ISKCON management I wanted to get married
0: it was back in the 80s I'm assuming <laughs> right, right. I wanted to get married
2: or I needed to get married either way I was a temple president so I had my choice whoever I wanted to pick I could marry them
0: <laughs> oh wow <laughs> I did not expect that to be the answer <laughs>
2: are you alright <laughs> so I picked Mata matisse
0: And Mother Marumati, oh, how did you feel oh. about being picked?
4: <laughs> well, you want to hear my side of the story? Okay, that's his side of the story. <laughs> my side of the story was so, so different. Um, I'm sure. With Satsur Marj was, you know, we used to have in Philadelphia, we had a BTG house. Because BTG was there. And um, Satsur Maj would come there to have BTG meetings. So... Saturamaj was visit, visiting there and, he, and I get a, um, somebody tells me Saturamaj wants to see you <laughs> at the BTG house. Now I do remember, I was just there, I came there in May. So this was within three months or four months. Three or four months. I was a new team, really new, you know. I mean, everything was new to me. The country was new, everything was new. So now Saturamaj, uh, is asking me, I was so afraid that I did something wrong. I was just so nervous. So I go there to the BTG house. Somebody drives me there. So Satyumaraj asks me, he starts talking about Sesha Prabhu. Now you have to understand Sesha Prabhu to me, he, was, he had just become the temple okay. president maybe a couple of weeks ago or something. And if you know Sesha Prabhu, uh-huh. I used to make fun of him in the ladies' ashram the way he talked and the way he walked, I, I used to call him he was like a military guy, you know, because he, they, we used to have an intercom system in our in our in our um, temple because it was a big temple. So he would say, "So I so pick up the phone," so I, you know. So I would just make fun of him all the time. So he's
0: <laughs> really Shakespeare. That's so unexpected.
4: I yeah, I can't imagine it. Really, I, I, I still make fun of him. But, uh, um, but that was anyway. So, um, Satsuru Maharaj started talking about Sesha And I'm, what, I, I was like, so dumb. I didn't know why he's talking about him. And then he started saying that he wants to change his ashram. First, I didn't know what that language was. I was new. And then he started saying, okay, so he wants to get married. Right. Like, okay. I mean, I didn't know what he, what does that have to do with me? <laughs> and then he said, "Would you, um, would you uh, get married to him?" And I was like, what? I mean, then I was just like shocked, and I didn't know what to say. And then I said, "I said, but I have to ask my parents." So after I ran away from home, and did everything, when it comes to marriage, it's the parents. Yes, <laughs> I said. I said oh I have gosh. to ask my parents. And then Sotromat said well, you know what they're going to say? I said, uh, I said, yeah, they're going to say no. So then he said, then he, but prior to that, he said to me, you're going to make the decision, you can't ask anybody. And I'm like, I can't ask anybody? How can I make a decision about getting married and not ask anybody? Then he said, yeah, you can't, because I asked him, who, who can I ask? He said, you can't ask anybody. So... Then I said, well, I can't make a decision like this. So then he said, well, then you can ask Mulaka, our Mulaka, uh-huh. our Muli here, you know, because she was visiting from New York. And anyway, so then yeah. um, I said, okay. So I, I, he said, okay, you can um, ask her. I said, okay. So I went that evening. It was late at night. I went in the evening. I asked Mulaka. I said, Satsumar asked me to marry Sesha Prabhu. And she said to me, I still remember she was sitting there. She said to me, Sister Prabhu is a nice devotee. Then she said, whatever the spiritual master says, you should do. I said, oh, okay. that's simple? Okay. So I wrote a letter to Satsumaraj right that evening. And I said, um, Mulaka said that whatever the spiritual master says, I should do. So I will do. I'll get married. And that was it. Wow. But, um, But just quickly telling you about the culture and me and you're talking about getting to know us. After I said yes to um, Satsumaraj, I started thinking, oh, I have to get the blessings of my parents. I can't do this without asking their blessings. And, and, right. and so, so I thought, okay, I have to do that. I, I just can't get married unless I get their blessings. So I had mm-hmm. Sureshupagou call my parents, we had kind of, in, through writing letters and whatever, my parents accepted that I was there. At, you know. So this was like four months I had run away. And there was also a kidnapping attempt from their side and which sure. failed. And so that was taken care of. So it was a stage where it's almost like they accepted that this wow. is what I'm doing in my life. And so then I had him call uh, my uh, my parents who were in Denmark at that time. So he called my father and um, my father said, he asked that, can my, can your daughter get married? I'm asking your blessings for that. And he said, first question was, is he is Indian? It, no, it, is he Indian? He didn't know that it was him. He said, is he Indian? And he said, no. Then he said, no, no. <laughs> doesn't have my daughter. And then he hung up the phone. And then I was like, oh my God, I, I was thinking, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I said yes to my spiritual master and, and my parents are saying no to me. That's okay. Let me call my mother. Maybe she will be. So then I called right up, right away. I called and she picked up the phone because my father wasn't going to pick up the phone, I guess. So she picked up the phone. So then I started talking to her and, and whatever I said to her and she said, oh, how old is he?" Oh, Oh, he's 10 years older than you. No, no, this is too, this is too much. And so basically she wasn't giving the blessings. And so then I was just like, I was in my mind thinking, how am I going to face my spiritual master? And, and she, my mother told me, she said, no, she, basically she said, no. Then I said, then I thought quickly, I'm thinking, I thought, okay, that's fine. The only way that I can please my parents and, 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 Face my spiritual master is to just come out and say I won't get married and my idea was when I came to spiritual life was like Mirabai you know Mirabai that's how Indian girls think about never getting married and although she was married but you know whatever and I was thinking yeah I didn't I wasn't planning to get married and this just came along so not a big thing I I just won't get married and that way I can 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 show my face to both you know And so then I told my mother, I said, mom, okay, if you're not going to give me blessings, not a problem. I will not get, uh, I will not get married to him, but do know that I will not get married at all. So this is, I, I won't get married to him, but I won't get married at all. And this is, I feel fine. And then my mother said, she said, no, I can't do that to you. I can't do that to you. You have to get married. So she said, you have my blessings. Hmm. And so she gave me the blessings. And, I am so, so happy mm. today and I feel like I got the blessings of my parents and I feel that's why I really do feel that, that I got the blessings of my spiritual master, but I also got my blessings of my parents. And I feel like that's why, you know, Krishna is kind and has given, a, you know, a good marriage and everything, you know, and if I hadn't gotten the blessings of my parents, I think things would have been, I feel like would have been different for me anyway so that's my part of my
0: story yeah, I yeah I find that all so interesting because you know I look up to you honestly as I can I can't think of a most such an exemplary couple as yourselves and uh, and it's just so fascinating that it started in such a rocky way and in, in in so many ways mm-hmm. um, you know with the trying to get the blessings of your parents and uh you know that you never expected that that's what the conversation was going to be about with your spiritual master really interesting um and so so you had joined the temple pretty recently you said it, it had just been a couple of weeks when no. that conversation took place
2: three four months. okay
0: all right so it was still okay so it was really part of the original experience in a way. Um, but I was going to ask, um, you know, was there some sort of a, a transition still like Shesha Prabhu, you were a brahmachari prior to that uh, the whole time. And uh, tell us about that transition to, you know, now you're, you're married and you're kind of taken on this new ashram.
2: Well, the way our marriage worked, it was I said, as I said, it was a, a marriage from the old Hare Krishna days where um, we were living in the temple and doing everything in the temple. So marriage meant I gotta finally had a confidential, good assistant to work with me in <laughs> all the temple functions. And so she immediately became the treasurer, the head pujari, counselor to all the women. <laughs> and a host of other services that fell in between the cracks. And so we didn't have time to adjust so much as we did. All of our time was taken up by um, doing a service at the temple. And uh, I think that-
4: I didn't even have a room. We got married and I was still in the Brahmachari
2: Ashram. (laughs) During the day when I would be having meetings in my office, there was a big closet in the room where I had my office. And so- (laughs) <laughs> there was no space in the ashram where she could go between duties as a treasurer and a head pujari so she slept in the closet during the time i was having my meetings in oh the office so that's that was the initial stages of our marriage but, but you know yeah. service service was yes. was our, our duty and that's right. what we both were dedicated to and it yes, it, yes, it, yes. it it worked out you know in a lot of good ways if you ask
0: me yeah well then let <laughs> me ask you let me ask you this jump jumping into the jumping into the future when did you transition from that kind of a an ashram lifestyle together to more of a householder situation which you currently are in now
2: it's a good and question how did Does that transition follow- happen that's a good question because it follows Right on with what I was saying. When she came to me and said, I'm getting sick, I'm overworked, I can't do it anymore, that's when the change had to happen. And that's when uh-huh. we planned to um, transition out of being the temple president and, and ultimately towards uh, moving to Los Angeles, where I went to law school.
0: Gotcha.
1: And did you, did you live outside of the temple community while you were in law school? Like, was that your first time living outside of the ashram?
2: Well, I was concerned moving to Los Angeles about all the time I'd have to spend in school and she'd be on her own.
4: Hmm. This was, we were in Philadelphia at that time when, we, um, when we, um, we were at the temple. So from Philadelphia, then we moved to L.A.,
2: And if you know Los Angeles community, there's apartments all uh, Mm -hmm. up and down the street, the temple has them. So we got an apartment just next to the um, temple apartments and it was just a few minutes walk to the temple. So she had the temple and quickly made friends out in Los Angeles with the devotees. And uh, so she had association and I spent uh, three years laboring in law school Had that always
1: been, had that been your desire to become a lawyer? Was that a latent plan that you had?
2: No, as I said, I had to think fast when she told me she couldn't do all the services anymore.
1: You thought fast and you thought, I'm going to go to law school. That's that's amazing. Well,
4: Well, he was thinking, what should we, we had moved, actually, we had moved out of the temple for one year. Uh, BTG was supporting us. He was taking care of the BTG. So we were living uh, uh, in an apartment um, in Philadelphia. And then we started thinking that we have to have a family. And so we were thinking, so we were discussing what should we do. And um, I remember Nagaraj and Pranada were living opposite in in the same apartment building. They were living opposite us. And so we sat down there and we were discussing what we're gonna do. And so, and he was thinking about going to law school and we didn't know whether we should do it or not because it was considered Maya to go back to school, you know. So that was a big decision on our part to think that he's going to go back to to school. I mean, that was a big, big Maya, you know. And, and so we actually flipped a coin. We had a coin that had Ganesh on one side and, and uh, Om or something on the other side. And we f- flipped the coin and that's how we found... That we did it three times, and it twice it said to go to law school. So that's how we made the decision that we're going to go to law school. <laughs> I don't know, i wow. trying to remember, but that that's that's how. It actually I,
1: I I have to say I love this because I feel like you know when we talk one on one with each other, we do get to know each other a little bit. But for the most part, there's like an oversimplification of the history of the life of devotees that is nothing shy of completely adventurous and a little crazy. (laughs) It's just wonderful to hear this story. I love it.
0: So would you tell us a a little bit um, maybe Kind of briefly, but it's, it's really interesting to know. But I, I do want to make sure we don't run out of time because we have so many interesting questions we want to get to. But could you um, just give us a brief summary of the services that you have performed from that original uh, time when you met, let's say, and you were temple president uh, up to the current time?
2: Well, <clears throat> we moved to Los Angeles because I became a trustee of the Manta Book Trust, headquartered in Los Angeles. So it went well with going to school and also doing that service. So after having been a temple president in Potomac, Maryland, um, Washington DC temple, then Philadelphia, then um, involved with Back to Guided Magazine as a managing editor, trustee of the BBT in North America. And um, then I became a GBC member um, at the request of Virbahu Kabu, who was living in Los Angeles at that time. Mm-hmm. And so the various GBC services since that time. But he was also asking before mm. the library party and all that. Before, when I was a brahmachari, I think he's asking afterwards. Oh, okay.
0: Just, yeah, just for this, I mean, I know you've done. curious uh, from the time you were the temple president when you, you two met. Up until what you're what you're currently doing, and that's for both of you too.
4: Oh, well, you already heard that. I when I got married, I was, you know, prior to that, I was just uh, going to college and preaching. But after I got married, um, did helping with the management, and then um, when we went to LA, and that's when I had both the girls. um, I remember that was a big change for me. Because again, the conception was, at least my conception was, was to do service at the temple is the thing and everything else is Maya. Mm. And so when um, I was pregnant with Raja, I had some problem with pregnancy a little bit. And so Zesha told me, this is your service. Uh, You may have to stop doing the services at the temple. Because I used to dress for community Dwarf Dish a few times a day and those those plates were um, so heavy. The outfits were so heavy and we would carry them. And I think that's why I had some problems. So I, so I had to adjust my thinking uh, to becoming a grihasta. So it was a whole adjustment. Um, but I always respected him and I accepted whatever he said. Not that necessarily I agreed to it, but I knew that... <laughs>
2: Good
4: way you would say it. <laughs> I hardly ever agree to what he says, but but I respect mm-hmm. him so much that I always do. I, I think that you know. So what he told me that this is your service. It was funny. I
0: he- to- I hear my wife laughing in the background.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was hard for me to swallow, but I accepted it. And I'm happy that I did because I, when he told me to do that, that this is your service, then I said, okay, this is my service to Krishna. I don't know how this is my service to Krishna, but hmm. taking care of these kids is not even born right now. And it's my service to Krishna. Anyway, so I took that, right. that thing seriously and, and I'm, I'm happy. So that's, and then after that, I've always yeah. um, taught. So even in LA, I was taught in the Gurukul there. I tutored devoted kids there and same thing here. When um, I moved to um, Alachua, also I taught at the ashram, and and uh, my services is mainly uh-huh. uh, doing uh, preaching activities and uh, teaching and mentoring like that. Uh huh.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, it's so interesting that you're pointing out this uh, that it was hard for you to accept that taking care of your child was your service to Krishna, and uh, I I know I've struggled mm-hmm. with that concept. And that could be a whole topic in itself. But uh, Mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, What has been your favorite or your most challenging service throughout the years? And maybe it's the same one. I don't know. (laughs) But what, what would you say has been a very challenging service and a very fulfilling service?
2: Challenging service? <clears throat> well, I think that um, in Krishna consciousness, we have a lot of high expectations, high expectations of of ourselves, of other people. Uh, of course, we're doing such exalted work, and so maybe that's where that comes from. But along with that, along with being in a position of, of leadership or a position of respect as you spoke of us uh, a few minutes ago. I think the hardest thing is actually being able to meet the expectations that people have Hmm. to actually be what they want us to be. Uh, I think um, that's hard. I mean, we're, at least I can speak for myself. I'm a conditioned soul just like anybody else. And, um, Mm -hmm. Although I try, and I, uh, I find it difficult when people put me in positions or say things which you know, um, challenge me. Uh, mm. So it's a challenge in that way to meet the expectations of others.
0: Yeah. Well, if it helps, um, you know, you you've been a mentor to me, and um, I can say that whenever you've let me see these little glimpses of your your own humanity. And like you said, your mm. conditioned soul. To me, that has been so nurturing because, you know, maybe you think we see as this, you know, top most example, flawless couple. And I always find it interesting that for, for me personally, I always get a lot of encouragement when other devotees share a little bit of their vulnerabilities or Mm. struggle with this, this and that, because it just makes it all so much more real. So um, it it pains me to know that that's been a difficult um, position for you to be in. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, But uh, yeah, I I would say that, uh, you know, that other part of you can also be just as inspiring uh, and that's well, what we're trying don't, to do here.
2: <laughs> we, don't take we want to know I, you
0: on all levels.
2: Yeah, well, don't take it that uh, I, I <laughs> don't want to try to help anyone you know, because of my own um, difficulty or struggles in meeting the expectations. Still, I, I will do the best I can and put myself out for, for any devotee that, that requests or needs help from me.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much. You've been, uh, yeah, you you've been that role model and and also a personal mentor to so many of us in in this community, and uh, I know I've benefited from it myself, and I know so many others who uh, you've you've really given your your heart to. And both of you, you know. Thank you so much for that.
2: I can tell you one thing, little thing, just on my own initiative here without being asked. It's a little secret of happiness that I found in the Grasta ashram. And that is, it's Shastrik as well, like the Pandavas. Do you know who managed the money in the family of the Pandavas? Does anybody know? Draupadi actually was the manager of the money. She managed the house. That was
0: gonna be my guess. Uh. <laughs> because
2: that's what is a secret, I think, for uh, stability and happiness in our marriage is that she manages the money. Mm. And um, because,
4: because, let me tell you one thing: because one time we're in LA, and
2: <laughs> <laughs> she also doesn't let you forget
4: <laughs> for something, something, and he said something happened, and he said I will manage the money or no, something happened. I said, no, okay, you manage the money. So I I didn't like or something. So I said, you manage the money. So he started managing the money. And oh my God, our credit card bill went high up, you know. And (laughs) me from who I am as a, maybe because I'm from India, I don't know. But I don't like credit cards. I like credit cards as long as you have money to pay on the credit cards, you pay, but don't. And so he did that for some time. And then he, he came to me and he said, Okay, Maramati, you should manage the money. And so um, he so since then I manage the money.
2: It knocks the male ego down a bit, which I think is important. <laughs> <laughs> but
4: I will I will tell something. I will tell something to you all. Like he took the initiative to say something, so I'm just gonna tell you something, you know. It's just this family here, so we'll tell
0: you. Um us us and the whole internet world.
1: (laughs) We currently have two thousand four hundred and seventy-five live viewers.
0: That includes podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter.
4: (laughs) Well, this this is this is something um, um to tell you that what happened one time, as far as money is concerned, and I learned something about money. One time what happened, this was a few years ago, and I was managing money and everything. And this was quite some, maybe 10 years ago or something, you were still working for the Grukul. You forgot to tell you that you were principal. He was he was living here and was principal of the Grukul in Vrindavan. In, uh, Don't know how that works, but anyway, he was. Wow. And so, One year, he said, he said, oh, he was going to buy the ticket to go there. I said, Prabhu, we don't have any money. We don't have any money for you to go. He said, but I I have to, I have to go. I said, why don't you ask the Gurukul? They're asking me to come. I mean, GBC, we accept. The GBC, I know they always have, the GBC, by the way, they pay their own ticket to go to do their service. Now, with the Gurukul, sometimes they would pay to, for him to come. So I said to him, I said, so why don't you ask the Gurukul to pay you? He said, Gurukul doesn't have any money. Then I said, but we also don't have money. And if you need to go into service, you can ask them. They'll... And then he said, but they don't have money. I said, but we don't have money either. He said, but we'll put on the credit card. And I said, you can't put things on the credit card. Then he said to me, he said, Manamati, where do you think any of our money comes from? And I just heard, I could see like, that. he said, you're telling me that I can't go and do my service mm. because we don't have money? He said, who do you think? What, I, what my service to Srila Prabhupada, you're telling me I can't do my service to Srila Prabhupada because of money? Who do you think, the, how, how, how do you think any money comes in, in the house? It is because my service to Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada gives us everything. And so don't ever say to me that I can't do my service to Srila Prabhupada. And mm. he never tells me anything like that. And I mean, he, he's not a person who opens like he, he doesn't tell me what to do and what not to do. Let's put it this way. I have full independence of doing whatever I want to do, basically but there has been maybe two or three times in my life that he has said something. And when he told me that, that changed my understanding of money. So although I manage the money, hmm. but that really helped me to see a different light about what money is. So I just wanted to share yeah. that with you. That was something very...
0: Huh. Yeah, that's very, very powerful. Thank you. Thank you for... It's really sharing that reminder.
1: It's really interesting that you're that you brought up money and how important it is, because I just heard recently Vishaka Prabhu was speaking about Yamuna Devi. And she had said something along the lines of our we are not qualified to go back to the spiritual world until we understand how to use Krishna's energy properly. And money is Krishna's energy and it was a huge light bulb for me about how important this this um, part of our lives is—the financial aspect of our life—and how we need to completely integrate it with our spiritual principles. No, thank you.
4: Yeah. Okay, shall I? I, I said, sh- I've got a lot of freedom. I said I have to tell you one more thing, and then I'll let you speak. Then I will let you ask ask questions. <laughs> Please One of the things do. that in my marriage um, um, that soon after I got married, maybe it must be, maybe two, three weeks. Um, I was, he was saying something and I was, I was for the first time I was expressing disagreeing with him, but I was hesitant to disagree with him because I was newly married and whatever, you know? And so he said to me, he said to me, Manumati, being a chase wife doesn't mean that you agree with me. You have your you have your own opinion and I have mine. So it's totally fine. You can express yourself like that, you know. So that was it for me. I flew after that. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: and you're still flying high to this day.
3: I am.
1: Uh, it's okay. wonderful a true gentleman it's wonderful mm-hmm. we we really wanted to ask um we have so many questions but we have we're 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 flying by this time so i want to ask about raising your daughters so you have two wonderful daughters Shamadarshini and rajmundali and it's interesting because you raised them both in modern American culture, in the spiritual culture of the Hare Krishna movement, and you're both coming from different backgrounds culturally previous to meeting one another. So what was, what has that that been like for you over the years? What, what, what was that journey like for you and what can you share with us? Maybe a tidbit of wisdom from your experiences raising your children?
2: Well, I can just say a little bit, but she did most of the work and raising the children. But um, just as a person, I mean, I like children anyway. I mean, I like children. So I never once thought of having children and raising them as any kind of burden. And and so especially when we got... um, these two, you know, baicuntabasis <laughs> come in our lives, you know, it was, uh, uh, I
4: don't know about that, but no.
2: <laughs> well, from my perspective, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will say that, I will confess, and I have to do it because Bragia was just here with our grandson for two months and everyone was changing the diapers, husband and wife, Bragia and her husband, um, that's a okay. <laughs> <laughs> time. We're changing the diapers, but I never changed any diapers. They didn't help my wife in that regard. So that's probably one regret that I have about raising the kids. But anyway, they were wonderful and they still are wonderful. Like come and I feel honored to be associated with them as their father. I think they felt that love. And so that's made the raising them for my part.
1: Well, what I have to say that Shisha, it's never, mm-hmm. it's never too late to learn how to change a diaper. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> for me, I, I think it was very important for me that, that they felt that the temple was their home. I wanted them to feel that, so uh, the temp- I, I, when you're talking about to raising kids, I think is take advantage of the temple. That's what I did. And being at the temple, the temple is such a good place to babysit kids because you don't have to do anything. There's kirtan going on, they love it. <laughs> they, they love to be around people. And so literally a few hours of my day was, was automatically taken care by the temple environment, just being babysitted by everybody else. Um, so I think for me, that was the way that I really wanted them to be at home uh, at the temple. And so I brought them every day. So basically how I raised the kids, I think the devotees helped me raise the kids. The devotees preach to them by giving them hearing classes and everything. I never preached to them at home. That was not my thing. I never told them you chant your rounds and you do this and you did. Let everybody do the dirty work, you know. Um let 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 them hear from everybody else. And um uh, but at, at at home we just set an example and um talking about our cultural differences, he allowed he that was very good. He trusted me. And let me do whatever I wanted to do, so to speak, with the kids. Except he didn't like me when I would yell at the kids. Then I would <laughs> be called in the office. Why are you? Why are you yelling at the kids? You know. I mean, can you imagine the husband being around there while you're um, training up the kids? You know. I mean, kids, kids test you. You know, they they drive you nuts. But, uh, but. You know, the father can't see that the father normally goes away and he comes home and it's all quiet. But no, in my case, he was in, in the other room. So if I yell at the kids, he could hear it, you know. And um, anyway, uh. so I think um, to me, it was important that they, rem- they learn the culture that I came from. So I taught, taught them Hindi and uh, you know, taught them things. Most important thing was respect. Of all the things, whether spiritual culture or culture that I come from, culture he comes from, for me, the most important thing was the kids learn how to respect others. Hmm. And so that was something that really inculcated in them, that there was Hmm. absolutely no criticism of other devotees, no criticism. There was never any criticism amongst us talking about any other devotees always talking good about other mm. other people. And that was the most important thing for me is to train them with that. And example, getting up early in the morning, changing our rounds and whatever, going to the temple. Or mm. So we did our part and all the other devotees did their part. So much love they got from everybody else. So that really helps. So yeah. And I see that the younger generation does that. I see how younger generation, mm-hmm. they're such nice. I see that kind of joint family kind of thing that they have amongst each other is that they have groups of devotees, they have their own groups and it's such a nice atmosphere I see amongst the young people that they are very, very much about helping everybody, uh, raising everybody's kids so to speak in their group. So that's nice.
0: Great, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Um, So I, I wanna ask you this question and I'm gonna ask you to answer in one sentence for each one of you, it's one of my favorite questions to ask devotees what why do you practice krishna consciousness today uh, or or what keeps you going in krishna consciousness
2: it's easy for me i already said it earlier in the interview it's duty out of duty um duty means that you have some obligation you really you you received something. One sentence. Okay, one sentence. <laughs>
0: no, no. You, you answered in one word. Employer. You answered in one word. You did great. So please feel free to elaborate. No, 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 no. no. One sentence. Hey. You're um, trying to trick me, aren't you? You did one word, but then you're trying to do a whole class on it, right?
2: morning. <laughs> uh,
4: for me, it's two words. It's okay. uh, gratitude and fun.
0: Hmm. That's wonderful.
4: Gr- gratitude and fun.
0: Great. Thank you. And I would love to elaborate on these topics, but I do want to keep us going because there's a few more juicy questions we want to get to, and we want to have a quick Q&A at the end, too. Um, so in, in the practice of bhakti yoga, it's often um, suggested, and a lot of devotees do this, to have a sacred space in your home. And uh, I was hoping, since you have your wonderful daughter, camera lady with you today. Um, would you mind sharing with all of our viewers? What is that's that sacred space that you keep in your home? And what does it mean to you? Can
2: you... Can you take
4: it? The question? Okay. can you want to take it? Yeah. Um, this is um, our sacred space. Is Giraj is here in the center of our lives. And,
0: uh, and
4: he is, uh, he is uh, wow, he is the center of our lives. Actually, mm-hmm. he, he is our center of our lives. Our life starts with him, worshiping him. So is the Pujari, and uh, we have this sacred space for our last. 29 years now. His Hmm. worship goes every day, every morning. Takes him an hour, hour and a half to do his puja in the morning. And uh, our lives are around him. He is the center of our life, yeah.
0: So for uh, non-devotee viewers, Giriraj is the Lord in the form of a, a stone that's been taken from the famous and worshipable mm-hmm. Govardhan Hill in India, and so this is the the form of the Lord that the two of you worship in your home. And so
4: we everything that's we make we offer to Him, and uh, um, chant our japa, our our meditation is our meditation room and uh, our library room here all our spiritual literature is so much to study, so much to read.
2: This is something of interest. Do you want to go hold it up here? This big picture of Prabhupada used to be in the lobby at 55th Street Temple in, in Manhattan. Oh, um, I've heard so that. much wow. about
0: the 55th Street <laughs> Temple.
2: Yeah, well, this this, this large photo of Srila Prabhupada, which I believe was taken in Central Park, used to uh-huh. be in the lobby
4: and someone other he came to us and he gave to us
2: he stands above uh-huh. us and looks down in our sacred space here. he's still looking that's at us beautiful our...
0: that's yeah. such a famous photo i never realized that was in central park
2: i do believe that's where it is I have to check with the new new york, uh-huh. york like devotees,
0: wonderful well thank you thank you so much for sharing your your sacred space in your home. Thank you. Um, Kelly, I'm going to skip the next two questions. They've kind of been covered. You want to you want to go on to yours? Sure. Actually, that's been that's been covered too. So I guess we're down to the last one, perhaps here.
1: Okay. Well, we didn't. Okay. Yeah. I'll just skip. <laughs> I'll just I'm like Shesha Prabhu. Well, I'll give one word and then elaborate for an hour. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go for it here. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you recently became grandparents and you're seeing, congratulations, and you're seeing a new generation of uh, bhakti practitioners, of devotees that are coming up. And we're wondering um, how you feel about the health of our movement going forward and any advice that you have for us, the future generations, to carry on um, Srila Prabhupada's mission and his love in the world?
2: Well, I think that um, that question can be answered differently by different groups of devotees or communities of devotees in different places in the world. But as far as Alachua is concerned, I think oh, that interesting. Oh. I think I I'm I see a very bright future. Because so many wonderful devotees and their families are settling here, uh, settling for the long term. When when we were married in those days, devotees moved around so much. And I think until we came to Alachua. We had never lived any place actually in our entire lives because my father was in the military. Her father was in the foreign service, which meant you moved every two or three years. So neither one of us had lived in any one place for more than three years at a time <laughs> until we moved to Alachua. Now we've been here 20, 22, 23 years. Uh, and during that time, we've seen the development of you know, the schools here, and the families here. And now we're seeing uh, devotee, young devotee families moving here, uh, getting homes. Uh, it's becoming a a, um, a place that has the stability of a Grahasta community. And uh, I think that that's a good sign for the future because it means the young children will continue coming. Um, and uh, the senior, Members of the community can help guide the younger members and uh, that fresh enthusiasm won't get dissipated in other kinds of activities or struggles in life because we're all working together as a community here.
4: I was also wanted to add that we used to live in the ashram so everybody did service together, but now everybody lives in their own, own place. And so I think something like all all of you your team has come up together with doing this thing i think it's very very important very good because this will help everybody to know each other more that was automatically done so when we lived together in one one building or something like that and so i think when there is um that kind of closing coming close together with these kinds of things then devotees um, can do projects. Uh, May not be able to do daily service at the temple like we used to do or like that, but have different projects uh, that they can come together for an Alachua community. So, okay, this group of people can take care of this project this month or this part, you know, like that. And in that way, it builds the community, it gets services taken care at the temple. The temple remains the center. I think that's a very important part. No matter how our community grows, that we keep the center because mm. I mean yeah, Viraj is our center, but ultimately the center is Radha, Radasham Sundar, Krishna Balram, Gornitai, they are the center. So all our services um, be be thought in that way where you do offerings together as groups and uh, as a service. So different mm-hmm. than what it was before, but with the same principle, the same everything. Mm-hmm. So it's a good future. I, I think that it's, in Alaska. We're doing very good, you know, with the CDI happening. But one of this, uh, one of the results of CDI is this program and so many other programs. So, um, yeah. So we have in good hands. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, thank, you, thank for you for so all much. <laughs> all right, well, just when you thought it was over, <laughs> here comes the hot seat segment of the show. It's been
1: hot! <laughs> <laughs> so Mother, we are Mother, about to do again? questions and answers.
0: Yes, we're almost there.
1: <laughs> yes, we are. Our wonderful, faithful audience, we love you. Thank you so much for being here. We're about Thanks. to take your questions now. But first, the hot seat.
0: So, Mother Madhumati, putting you on the hot seat. Uh You are such an inspiration, such a wonderful speaker. You've been a teacher. Yet, you've only started to give class at the Alachua Temple about a year ago. Why is that?
4: Well, um... I think it's my own. uh, I was asked many, many times to give class before. Uh, It could be because um, from the very early days, we weren't encouraged to do so. That could be a reason. Hmm. Not that I desired to to do that. I never desired to give class. Um, So basically, um, that wasn't part of the program. And so... um, Even when I was asked many times, I didn't want to because I was nervous. Uh, So basically, if you're trained young, then it's easier. But if you're not trained young, then it becomes hard. Mm -hmm. So so,
1: so your main reason for saying no was because you felt nervous? Is that right?
4: uh, Because one thing I didn't desire... I really didn't have any desire. I just loved hearing. I I never really thought that I want to give class. It never came to my mind. And when I was asked, I'm like, uh, but I don't really want, I mean, I didn't desire. So I would say it's mainly because I didn't desire to give class. But then when everybody would ask me, then when I would think about it, then then I was nervous about giving class, you know, like, I don't know what to say. I, I know how to give class. I don't know anything. And Sesha would always say to me, what do you mean you don't know anything? You've been practicing for so many years. Just say what you have. But so between not having the desire and feeling totally satisfied hearing from others, and then when finally thinking, okay, I should, and then I was a little nervous. So then it took me a little time mm. to, to do mm. so. It's well, wonderful
1: yeah. to hear that because those are reasons why all of us are hesitant, I think, to give class, but your classes are incredible. And we have so much to learn from each other, from each different devotee who lives out Krishna consciousness in such a unique way. It's such a blessing to hear each other speak. So thank you so much for for coming into that for us. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. And, and Padmavati says, I am profoundly grateful for Mother Madhumati and Shesha Prabhu's classes.
3: <laughs> so there
1: you go. <laughs> okay, Shesha Prabhu, so your hot seat question is, when you look back over the course of your life in Krishna consciousness, is there a mistake that comes to your mind? And it could either be just something from your, from your very personal experience or something something that happened to our movement or within our movement. And what have you learned from that mistake that, that you can impart to us tonight?
2: Well, I can't. I'll just stay on the same theme. You asked why um, Madhah Mati had not given class. And I assume the underlying question is, have women been discriminated against and not given the same opportunities as men in cushion consciousness movement, and I think that that's true. Uh, I don't know that um, uh, that we have been we have not been um, wrong uh, to deny certain opportunities for women um, simply based on the fact that they're women. Um, uh, So uh, I think we need to look at that, and we are looking at it in in various ways right now, particularly with the Vaishnavi Diksha Guru issue that the GBC has been grappling with. It's interesting how the GBC has grappled with it. On three separate occasions, after extensive discussions, the GBC approved women to uh, except disciples in Niskan Um, but the actual implementation of that that that's been debated and ruled in favor on three times three separate occasions um, the implementation of it hasn't been um, affected to to, to the present moment i think that um, that situation needs to be rectified
0: yeah well, thank you, thank you so much for thank you acknowledging that. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, such an important topic. It's a hot topic for the hot seat segment.
2: <laughs> well, you know who covers a lot of these things is Nam Ross. He's had some interesting talks about uh, racism, yeah, uh, other issues. Um, what what are they called after boat the boat? Yeah, but it was anyway, different different uh, issues that they bring up. They're all yeah. they're all hot seat. You guys have been. You know, a they are comedy. all hot
1: seat episodes. <laughs> they really are.
0: Yeah, no, and we're very grateful to Namras for. For bringing up all these topics, I think the the world of Zoom meetings that uh, we've entered in since the pandemic has just opened up all these doors for very important conversations. Um, so, yeah, I've been I've been following a lot of these different talks. So, I think we should uh, get to our Q and A. I see we have. Um,
1: Can we just Herbert. do a quick round of applause? We
0: did it! Yes, thank Woo! you, thank you so much.
4: Okay, audience, all four of you, good.
2: I can and just I, acknowledge. I, I can just acknowledge my friend Gorhari who's sitting there. Nice Howdy, her uh, <laughs> <Herbert Brasak. Haribo laughs>
0: Prabhu. that's <laughs> Gorhari Herbert Briseck. Howdy, Prabhu. Hari Krishna. Yeah, we have. Who else do we have on the, on the Zoom call? We have Ragatmika Prabhu, Braja mandali your daughter Tulsi Rani. Padmavati, thank you all so much for, for joining the call. And uh, any of you who are thank on you uh, Facebook, YouTube, feel free. Now's the moment to shoot your questions to our, our guest speakers. And if anyone wants to unmute their, their microphone on Zoom, you're welcome to speak as well. You're, you're gonna have to unmute first.
5: Okay, uh, we do have a question from Begavati. Uh, would you like to ask it yourself, Igwa
6: Prabhu. She's still. So maybe oh, okay, it would now. it
0: would help. Okay, there you is. go. Yeah. I,
6: I wasn't unmuted until now. It was just a silly question when they were talking about Philadelphia, um, and I think it's in the chat. So it said. We used to hear, this is way back when, we used to hear that Seisha Prabhu had a hard time fasting on Ikarasi and that Marumati used to cook a full meal for him in the early morning before Mangalarti. So is that true? Or was that a devotee urban (laughs) myth? Look at the face.
2: (laughs) That's a myth. That's a
3: myth.
2: (laughs) Who started that rumor? (laughs) <laughs> no, i was just a hearer <laughs> of it
0: <laughs> mad, mad. mother Vegavati, <laughs> are you trying to start a rumor
1: <laughs> i think i read about it once in back to
6: godhead <laughs> oh, <hilarious. laughs> okay go on to the other
0: questions <laughs> uh, well i, I saw okay. Gore hurry prabhu trying to speak you can you un- un- unmute yourself prabhu There we go. Uh, I just wanted. I remember that picture very well in the lobby of Fifty Fifth Street, and I wanted to know how Sesha wound up with it because I wanted it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> R- Ragatnika, Ragatnika, who is on the so, so. on the Zoom right now, she's the one who gave it to. I think she was moving from L.A., and I think that's how we got
2: it. And we got They gave it Khanapur. to us in LA when they left LA because it was too big to carry. We've had him since that time. Yeah,
4: so we brought it. We, I just love that picture, and especially to put it on the on, on the mantle there in, in the temple room. It's just so nice. Offer the Arctic, and then I always see Prabhupada just like looking down, you know, looking at us. And mm. sometimes, like, I feel like he's giving blessings. Sometimes it looks like he's mad. So, you know, you <laughs> know. <laughs> Different
2: emotions that i go through. Anyway, can you, hear me? <laughs> anyway. Can you hear me? Thank you for uh, Sasha yeah. for all the years of your
0: friendship and love. And I've always loved you from day one, you know. So. Cool. Thank you, you so
2: much, Corey. It mm-hmm. means a lot from someone who's served Prabhupada since the early days in the 60s. It's, uh, it's a special thank you.
5: Go ahead, we're got for We can hear you.
0: No, she's muted right now.
1: Okay. She was just she she was just trying to speak, so I think she'll There she goes.
3: I got that picture from Nara Narayan. I don't know how, but and um, I can't remember how long I had it in my possession.
5: When we move Raga, can you speak up a little bit? We cannot hear you clearly
3: Now, can you hear me? am I yes, yes, yeah, um I don't know how long I had that picture in my possession, but when when I think it was when we moved from Los Angeles and you two were still in Los Angeles. Isn't that when I gave that picture to you? Yes, yes. I think so, yes. yeah. And I got that from Orion. Nara I uh, I asked him to to I don't know how how I got it and what the circumstances were. I remember being there in front of his house in Los Angeles and arranging that. Anyway, all right, Krishna. I have a question can I ask? Go ahead. Um, yes. Both of your daughters have excellent service moods. What do you attribute that to? How would you, both of you explain that?
2: Well, they have a lot of good examples in their life, including yourself and your good husband.
3: Hello. Yeah. No, come on. <laughs> come on now. Get come to on, the real- Come on, that's Get to the real point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, give my real point, She has to give hers
4: now. Okay, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, what he's saying is true, and I, and I had mentioned to you earlier. I had mentioned that earlier too. That it is the devotees who, who actually help raise these kids. But one part is important: is the service attitude that uh, children see in amongst the parents. So if the, if the children are seeing that there's a good service attitude, let's put it, um, yes, we're all equal, but yes, there is a head of the family. Uh, I, at least I believe that, coming more, being a little more traditional, I believe that there is a head in the family, whether it's the mother or the father, but there is a head, and in this family, the head of the family is the father, although I am his boss, but still he's the head of the family. <laughs> how that works, I don't know, but this is how it is so <laughs> let's put it he's he's a name at least the head of the family, and so this uh my service attitude towards him and um and I think that makes a big difference for for the kids to see that the mother is serving the father, always very uh, anxious and happily and whatever, uh, doing so. And the same certainly the same thing towards the father is also doing, is also serving and ready to do whatever is done. So I think that is important to see that amongst the family. If they just see that, are you ready to just serve everybody else, but not in the family, that Mm -hmm. does not have the right effect. So it's important for them to see that the service attitude is is in the family, as well as outside. So, service attitude. Wonderful. Yes, Prabhu. Is that true that I always serve you? Yes, Prabhu. <laughs> yes, Prabhu. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Hare Krishna.
1: Like on Thank a Kadasi before Mangalarti. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> every two go, weeks. Don't start that again.
0: <laughs> Tulsi Rani had a question. Tulsi Rani, it's so nice to see you. It's been Hare a long Krishna,
6: time. I I can't say my my heart is just over flooded with so much joy to to, <laughs> to be with all of these ecstatic devotees. You, I consider you all to be like my family. And yeah. I really miss all of you so dearly. Um, we miss you. <laughs> your heart, your
4: heart is always flooded with joy, Tulsi Rani,
0: <laughs> because
6: you flood it. You're <laughs> flood, but then when you're not there, then it's just empty. So
0: <laughs> where you are have, you?
6: I'm I'm in New York City. Okay. Yeah, just a couple blocks from Tompkins Square Park and Matchless Gifts. So
0: wow, wonderful.
6: cool. Um. So I have a question. You you mentioned earlier your um, ecstatic realizations on um, how money is all coming from Krishna and it's all Krishna's property, um, and that reliance on uh, Krishna, Krishna in terms of being like our maintainer. And this is something I've actually been thinking about a lot recently, um, in terms of like finding that that balance where sometimes I wonder if like in the name of surrendering to Krishna, we're depending on Krishna to maintain us while we're like running around doing so much so much that we considered to be service when maybe it's just not that devotional, but we're just like absorbed in doing stuff that we call service. Um, but that how do we know when we're just being irresponsible and not depend and in the name of like, depending on Krishna. Um, I mean, I'm asking, cause this is something I've been reflecting on in my own life. I'm doing a lot of service and, you know, uh, not really endeavoring to make money, but we're just like living month to month on like my husband's um, income while I'm, you know, skipping through the temple doing service <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just wondering yeah um, I feel like it's an individual thing like if someone's really surrendered and I was thinking like Bhakti Thakur's six principles of surrender starts with accepting everything favorable for Krishna's service and rejecting everything unfavorable and I think well I'm not strictly following those principles in every aspect of my life so then how can I, is it, is it like asking service from Krishna instead of being in the mood of being a servant of Krishna if we're expecting Krishna to maintain us when we're actually not fully surrendered?
2: Well, <clears throat> truth be told, Krishna is giving us and maintains us far more than we think, I mean, there's not, if there's not a blade of grass that moves without Krishna's sanction, there's nothing in our lives that is not, there's nothing in our lives upon which we're not dependent on Krishna. And so whatever we're doing, we're dependent on Krishna. Of course, we should try to be responsible and do our fair share to put us our, ourselves in, in, in a position in life. But ultimately, everything is coming from Krishna, supplied by Krishna, just like Bhakti says, that he accepts, the principle of surrender is, accepting Krishna as your, your only maintainer. His only, so that's the fact. Now, how we struggle with justifying, are we doing our part or not doing our part? That's our sincerity, as long as it's focused on trying to be grateful to Krishna. Mm -hmm. but So we do that, we go through our mental um, positions but we should know that ultimately everything without exception is provided to us by Krishna. Even the breath which, which we pray for Krishna to maintain this is given to us by Krishna. So the more we realise that, the better off we'll be. And the secondary considerations about how we live our life this way and that way will be understood as truly being secondary. Thank you. Thank you for that
0: question.
5: We have a question from Padmavati. Would you like to ask your question, Padmavati?
1: And I think this will be our last question of the night, and we'll wrap it
5: up. Oh, no, we have some questions from the YouTube.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Go ahead, Padmavati.
5: Hi, Krishna. Hi. Um, thank you so much, Mr. Kaylee and Amarita Poo for facilitating this. And thank you, Mother Madamati oh. and Susha Prabhu, for everything that you shared with us. It's very inspiring. Um, So, Mother Mademati, you mentioned feeling grateful and uh, appreciating Mm. um, Christian consciousness as something that's fun. And how do you um, give your children that experience of Christian consciousness
4: being fun? For me, it's just, I guess they see me happy and joyful in doing what I, when I do things So I think it naturally, what would you say, Shama Maybe you can say that how did I make Krishna consciousness fun for you or?
1: Yeah, the temple as well as, uh, yeah, doing things as a family in Krishna consciousness made
4: it fun as well. Mm. And I was blessed with really great friends who enjoyed doing things in Krishna consciousness. So, So association with parents and friends and community an example yeah it just uh came together to make um a wholesome life
1: experience as a child
4: as long as they're not i think with children as long as they don't feel like they the krishna consciousness is something they have to do Mm -hmm. or you have to chant your rounds or you have to do this or you have to do that then it does it's no more fun Children, if you, you you let's let's do this thing or let's do that or we'll go to the temple and that's just that spirit is just so it makes it fun. And, you know, I think that's important. And then to make sure that when they're doing things that are not Krishna conscious, so to speak, to 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 enjoy with them that as well. I mean they went through an age where they wanted to watch movies. So it was not like, oh, my God, no, we're not going to do that. No, we're going to do that with you two we're, as a family. We're going to sit down and watch Bollywood movies, you know,
2: even <laughs> sat down for three hours to
4: watch a Bollywood movie, you know, uh, but can you imagine?
2: Did I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he wasn't <in> three hours <laughs> samadhi.
2: <laughs> I <kept the> director. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> but, but that's what it is fun like for kids mm. to see that the kids when they're young whatever their parents do they do and if you make it that you're happy they're happy with it and then when they get teenagers and they have their own agenda they like to do then the parents go along with what they want to do and they're happy that we're doing what they want to do and then eventually they choose their own. When they come become an adult, then they choose their own life, what they want to do. And then our responsibility is done and you do what you want to do. We do what we want to do. You know, mm. you know they become adults. So, okay, figure out your life, you know. So, um, so yeah, it's fun. Who doesn't like Kirtan? Everybody loves Kirtan. Go, Flip it. You know what I mean? People <laughs> like to do that. Kids love that.
2: Excellent
5: role models. Thank you. Uh, we have a couple of questions from uh, Facebook. Uh, one is from Shamala. Uh, she's asking, why did you okay. choose Shesha Prabhu? Shesha Prabhu, why did you choose Maitamati for your wife?
1: Oh, I love this question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should have thought of that. Good question.
2: Because on I was a good looking. Yeah, Anjan Mastami, she wore the silk sari. <laughs> oh! Wait,
0: I missed it. Anjan me what?
2: She wore the silk sari. I think she still has today. I don't. You don't have that anymore?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great.
2: But that's not the reason. <laughs> Why, no, I think this is a qualified... But actually, if you want to know the dry philosophical reason, <laughs> I have this idea in my mind that Prabhupada and his preaching attracted all kinds of people, including very qualified young women. And I believe in my heart that he was very concerned about those ladies and that they be taken care of. So I feel that... By marrying Mahatma T. It's out of service to Prabhupada. Here's a qualified young lady that made so many sacrifices to come join him and serve mm. Krishna. And Prabhupada mm. look, looked out and said, You marry her. Mm. Which he did in her early days to to devotees. Mm. Um, and um, to to as out of duty to him. That's why I married Madhamati. That's the the drive off for No love? No, of course. That's that, as I said. There's many different <laughs> layers here, or levels, yeah. and so that's one level of duty that I'm thinking of.
0: Well, that's, he told. That's really nice. I,
4: I'll tell you one thing. He told. Um, uh, tell Shyamala that that um, he told Satsuma Raj that I found somebody qualified to get married to. So I was
3: qualified.
0: But I, I really love the, the appreciation you had for all this, all the struggles you went through to, to come and join the temple. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's just amazing. And yeah, like you said, it's, it's a very special level of the many reasons. I'm sure why you chose Madhumati. <laughs> I
4: will
2: tell you something about marrying It's just a force of karma. We've been married for three lives. Going <laughs> to certain astrologers. Oh, yeah, That's really? another level. That's going wow, on here. cool.
4: <laughs> but I'll I'll tell you one of the struggle about. Um, yes, it's it's yeah. He saw me with a nice sorry or whatever, yes. or qualified or whatever. But another level of purification of, about getting married on 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 my side for me, while he was just enjoying getting married to me or whatever. Um, but was, um, and Satsura Marj told me that when he uh, called me in his office, he said that, or maybe he's told me later on that actually when this news will go to other to the temple, it was quiet for two weeks. And uh, then it was told to all the devotees, but he, he warned me, he said that, uh, the ladies in the temple will stop speaking to you. He said, be aware of that. And so I went through such purification because what he told did happen. And, you know, me as a person, I'm just such a jolly person and I have fun. And here all of a sudden I didn't do anything. I didn't ask to get married to this person. I have nothing to do with it. I'm just doing what my spiritual master asked me to do. But literally that's what happened when it got announced in the temple room. And we weren't even there. We were told to go upstairs and um Maharaj, who was there, he announced that Sesha is going to get married to madhumati to Bhakti Madhu. My name was Bhakti Madhu. I was still a Bhakti. Uh, I, and after that, I went into the, the our ladies and, and the Buddhist didn't speak to me. they all always just like, I was so hard. Wow. I tell you, it was, I, I went, I went through so much purification that one year, I can't tell you, I can tell you different things I went through, but just talking about marriage and what it was, how purifying it was for me.
1: Was that because so, all the ladies wanted to marry she- Seisha Prabhu? Yeah. It's
4: like, <laughs> kind of like a new girl coming on the street, you know? Wow. That, and so all the other ladies want to get married to him, but he apparently said no. And then I come along a new girl and then I'm a bakteen and there were so many Prabhupada disciples, uh, wow. l- ladies who wanted to get married, and so, yeah, you kind of feel that, but it's not my and one of the person who wanted to get married to is my Bhakti leader. and can you imagine what happened to me? Oh my God, I can't wow. tell you the purification i I went through during that time, but you know I you're, this time. you're being
0: very kind by calling it purification.
4: it was purification but you know but there was one devotee who was very very nice who who was very kind and for to this day I always I always love her and appreciate her and that is Devahuti Devahuti was one person who who um, who was just she was just very kind and loving as a mother uh, during that time to me and so Mm. anyway Hare Krishna Shyamala, <laughs> I hope that answers your question.
0: Good, good question, Amolera. Shyamala.
4: Aww. Thank you for revealing your heart,
5: Monimati. Uh, we have another uh, couple of questions from Facebook. Uh, one is from Prabir Prabhu, who's asking, uh, who is your favorite Kirtan leader and who is your favorite Shumat Bhagavatam class speaker? Oh.
6: Ha.
4: Hmm. That's a hard one. <laughs> well, <laughs> for him, it's, you know, he said Prabhupada. For me, it's hard. Uh, I mean, Kirtan leader, I mean, I s- uh, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't answer that question. There are too many. There are too many. Too many favorite uh, singers and too many favorite. Bhagavatam speakers.
0: Great answer.
4: Yes, it's like hard, hard to pick. Okay.
5: Yeah. okay, then there's one from Rohini Kishordas. Uh, since the departure of Shul Prabhupada, we hear that there has been a lot of factions created within the movement. So what are your views on how this can
2: be completely healed? The answer, putting Prabhupada in the center. Keeping Prabhupada in the center. Can
4: I hear
2: you? I don't know. Did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, I
1: can hear you. Well,
2: that's that's all. I wanted to hear.
0: Keeping Prabhupada in the center. Yes.
5: Very nice. Thank you, and um, that wraps it up Um... for the Facebook and YouTube questions. And um, does anybody else have any on uh, Zoom?
1: It's a perfect way to end because Srila Prabhupada is, that's our whole goal here and in our movement is to keep Prabhupada in the center. Thank you so much for a wonderful, wonderful evening. Thank you. Thank
2: you very much. (laughs) That was Congratulations
0: fun.
1: to all of you for, <laughs> for doing
4: such a good job um, and you. make us feel so easy. So thank you. Thank you. And we're looking forward to the next ones that uh, you're yes. going to be next,
0: next month, study. we will have another one.
2: Thank you we're very so much.
1: grateful to you to, for doing this with us, to taking this journey with us, and for everyone who joined in tonight. Thank you. <laughs> This is wonderful. Hare Krishna. Hare Hare
0: Krishna.
1: Hare Hare Krishna, everybody. Take care and we will see you the first Wednesday in January. So please join us.